job for a cowboy are back with their first album in a decade titled Moon Healer. Moon Healer is musically multifaceted, unabashedly brutal, and compellingly conceptual. Featuring a newly refreshed and re-inspired lineup of frontman and co-founder Johnny Davey, guitarist Tony Sanacanaro, and Al Glassman, bassist Nick Shindazilios, and drummer Naveen Koperweiss. The band seamlessly picks up the mantle where Sun Eater left off. Moon Healer is available everywhere, February 23rd, 2024. Listen and watch the trippy new videos at MeadowBlade.com slash job for a cowboy. Also, two members of the pioneering progressive metal act Fate's Warning, Ray Alder and Jim Mathos, continue to brave new waters with their new band, North Sea Echoes. The duo's debut album, Real Good, Terrible Things, is due out February 23rd, 2024. The album serves up what can be described as seductive melancholy and rich sonic landscapings. Layered and dreamlike, Fans of Fate's Warning, plus modern pioneers such as Leprous or Devin Townsend would be well served checking out what Jim Mathos and Ray Alder are serving up with North Sea Echoes. Listen and watch videos now at MetalBlade.com slash North Sea Echoes. Once again, Job for a Cowboy's new album, Moon Healer. Make sure you go to MetalBlade.com slash Job for a Cowboy and Ray Alder and Jim Mathos. North Sea Echoes, go to metablade.com slash North Sea Echoes. Take out the jams, motherfuckers! Oh! 
This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Jocelyn Sharp, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, all our wonderful friends out there? It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am joined by this week. You are joined by this week, uh, Sylvia. You can find me on Instagram, X, threads, at It's the Sylvia. Perfect. And make sure to follow the other two co-hosts. First, you got uh, Brandon Hahn, at your buddy Gooch on Instagram and X. And, of course, Jocelyn Sharp. That's at J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, Threads, X, uh, everything, really, guys. Uh, and she's at the Wizard of Jaws on Instagram. Make sure you are following her. And make sure to follow at Metal Sucks on every social media platform you guys can. This week on the show, I got Ross and Peter from Haken. We are here to celebrate their North American tour. Guys, make sure you are picking up tickets and checking them out. Obviously, we'll play some songs off of Fauna. Great record from 2023. But it's all about the North American tour dates that you guys are checking out, picking up tickets to. So we'll talk about that in about yeah, 20, 25 minutes is the mark. But before that, me and Sylvia, we're going to talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. All right, guys. You heard kick out the jams. Legendary. MC5 guitarist Wayne Kramer dies at 75. One of those that kind of did things first. Uh-huh. Yeah, for, you know, everybody that does things first doesn't get the full credit, right? I don't know if MC5 ever got the full credit for what they did to the the proto punk scene, if I may, uh, and all the influences they did. But Wayne Kramer unfortunately passed away this week, guys. Um, Pancreatic Aww. cancer was the uh, the cause. Seventy five years old, man. But uh, MC five to say that they their input uh, uh, their imprint on heavy music wasn't huge is is just a complete <laughs> negative. You know, um, guys like Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine, a lot of bands that we grew up with, they cited MC five. Henry Rollins. Uh, you know, on his Rollins band stuff was always talking about him. So, uh, just RIP, man. Got it. Got to send out a shout out to the, to the uh, heavy metal rock world uh, and play a track. If you guys haven't, make sure you do check out an album by MC5. We don't want to keep going down on a negative route, but um, you know, when someone leaves something so much uh, for the fan bases and the world, we feel like there's so much more positive to it. So, RIP went mm-hmm. great. Thank you, my friend, for everything you've done for us in the scene. We'll move on to the next story here. Next story I want to talk about. Here's the headline. Isan doesn't think there needs to be a new Emperor album. Okay? Let me read what he said to a T. Now, Emperor's last record was, what, 2001? Uh, I think they went about 10 years if you go with the demo or EP. And uh, they have a perfect catalog that nobody can fuck with. Okay, He's been touring the band, um, and everybody loves the classics. So we're going back to, hey, when's the new record after 20-plus years? So this is what Isan had to say. If I had a dime, as they say, for every time people ask me, will there be another Emperor album? In the beginning, it felt maybe a bit annoying, but I've chosen to see it as more of, of course, in there, in that kind of question, there is a compliment that people like myself who have a relationship to music from their youth or something that you're attached to. Obviously, it was important for someone, which is a great thing. 
And the question for another album is that they want to feel that again. They want to feel more of that, which is a great, also great. But then in practical terms, what kind of Emperor album could we make that would satisfy that desire? I think it would be easy to make something that sounds like early Emperor, but who would want a black metal album to make money off some kind of conceptual idea for some kind of demand in the market? That goes against everything that the music is about, in some sense. He's saying you can't compete with nostalgia. Now, <clears throat> this is a conversation that's kind of interesting because I feel like me as a fan of Emperor, they had a perfect career. I don't want another Emperor. Yeah. I don't. Uh, what Isan's doing as a solo artist is magical and has been like since forever it's i mean he has not put yes. out a release that hasn't been something unique original uh imprinted on and and what emperor is, is his own entity you know um if they if they did put out new music would it just kind of like disrupt what you already think of them i don't know see here's the thing is that i always i always think like all right and then you think about the bands that succeeded when they came back like carcass you know, that was probably the best comeback album, man, I can think of. Or, you know, it's just so it's like, oh, I, I thought Carcass was fine. I didn't think I needed any more Carcass records. And now it's like, I, yes. want, I want a lot more Carcass records. Surgical Steel was like, <laughs> you know, it's like a one of the best records of the 2010s, right? It just was, yeah. right? So it's like, do I feel Isan can pull that off with Emperor? Yeah, I do. But before Surgical Steel came out, no, I didn't want another Carcass record. They have a perfect history. They live in a perfect mm-hmm. time from when that band came out. And that's how I feel about Emperor, especially because Isan's doing all this amazing stuff. I'm very much on board when people are like, hey, Simple Tourist should get back together with Max and Igor. I'm yeah. like, no, 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 stop. I'm good. They gave us mm-hmm. amazing music. And the Derek Green era is great. So I am very much... Um, I do believe nostalgia um, can hurt if you revisit it because you cannot mimic it. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I mean, I I just think about the the bands that I like, like for example, Corn that comes to mind, and when they put out new music, <laughs> and I'm like, it's not the same. And it kind of like messes things up a little bit. You know what? I feel like a lot of people may not be on the same fan base, or a huge fan base as Corn. Now I give Corn so much credit for yeah. what they did. Um, and, and or even like um, there's another one, Pearl Jam. They're they're uh, they're coming out with new music, and the uh, the word is that it's going to sound like ten. But it's like, is it though? Mm, no. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. Because you guys were like in your twenties. And now you guys are like 50s, maybe 60s, I don't know. Like you're, you guys are in your 50s now. Like you're not going to have that same essence. So you can't really go 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 back to it. No. I, I don't I, know if that I, makes sense. I, I, 100%. I would be excited if they said, hey, it's going to sound like the Avocado record because that record was so fucking amazing. And that was like yeah. within 10 years. Like going back to 10 is not an option. Right. It's not 10 versus a Vitology. Don't say it. It's not going to happen, guys. You know, like, and, and yeah, yes, that would make me buy the record. But it's that it, that lives in a time. It just lives in a time. You can't mm-hmm. really go back. You have to do something different and new. 
Um, yeah. Which is which is a, a very good point. No, I don't think. I do. I think Emperor can put out a great record that sounds like Emperor. Yes. But as heavy me- metal fans and music fans, like it's on solo stuff. It's all we need. We don't need. Yeah, it. like that's like <laughs> the extension. Exactly. Like if that's if, a branch if, of it. If we needed more emperor records it would be because of asan hasn't put out a record in 20 years which is not the fucking case yeah. he's given us amazing records all the way through so i'm good I, I i do respect the question and truthfully in fairness i mean he keeps touring the band for us fans which i'm so grateful for i saw emperor for the first time mm-hmm. in, uh, a couple years back and i mean it was like just this crowning achievement moment out here in las vegas at psycho vegas yeah and um so no i i just want him to tour emperor any chance he gets because i think any fan that saw it in the last couple years i think they can uh, relate to that but i there isn't Mm -hmm. really i don't (laughs) i want him to figure out the set list based on those goddamn records that he has so um no dude i'm i'm with i'm with the son like dude we don't have to compete with nostalgia so um and i don't think you can yeah i don't think you can no i mean i don't know like it's 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 great but like i said like Pearl Jam going back to like the ten sound, like you can't. Now, Corn did Corn three. Uh, remember where you are, right? And I had no issue with. Yeah, that. They, yeah. They, I they got, I kind of dropped off after take a look in the mirror. To be honest, it makes sense. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, say, and again, I think Corn's put out some really good stuff since then. I'm not saying that, and not everything they put out is really good, but they, yeah, they put out some really good stuff since then. Obviously, and um, I feel like when Corn three happened. I listened to it because it did bring, oh, they're doing like a nostalgia thing. Ross Robinson's back mm-hmm. in the mix. And I feel like the majority of the corn fans is like, oh, yeah, it's definitely not the same. You can't capture. No, it's not. You can't capture a moment you, of a band on the rise, you know. To a band that's already made it. up there. Yeah. Yeah. No. You, it's, you yeah, got, I don't want to say it's not, the, it's not the same grind, but it's, it's, it's different. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. You got to write about being on top and those issues. If you try to write about the shit that you wrote when you're at the bottom, that you rose to the top, it doesn't seem genuine. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And now, uh, moving on to the next story. Uh, this is kind of a. You know, we talked about Marilyn Manson for a long time on the show. Marilyn Manson, I always like to give him his credit. We did a Rise to Offend episode, our other podcast, Rise to Offend. It's like six hours long on pretty much his career. And um, growing up as a kid, there's records that were scary. And I do talk about this in an upcoming interview. with I, I, I chatted with Isan about this. But uh, and that just frightened me as a child. And Antichrist Superstar was one of those records that just completely... Like I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I should own this. I don't know if I should listen to this. It was a frightening record, you know. Downward Spiral mm-hmm. by Nine Inch Nails is the definitive of ugly, uh, beautiful art that is just thirty years old now. I think it is, or something close to. And uh, there is mm-hmm. nothing that can touch the Downward Spiral. But Antichrist is one of those things. So Marilyn Manson, growing up and seeing him live in the '90s, um, I don't think you can really fuck with the guy. Probably one of the best performers. I think anybody that's seen him, you know, um, most intense, scary, emotional, like visceral. Marilyn Manson was really a rock and roll icon. And then yeah. it's been just a decline. 
live performance. I mean, everything like it, the, for decades now, right? Yeah, the first time that I saw him, I didn't. I, this was like back into I want to say two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So I feel like I didn't get the Marilyn Manson that you got. No, dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> you didn't. It was yeah, maybe because like it was already like you know two thousand tens and um the the whole like shock rock and everything like it was just kind of like played out so i'm like meh <laughs> i i saw him three or four times i remember the last time i saw him that was like the Marilyn manson that i think you should brag about was the gun guns god and government tour it was hollywood and yeah. jesus christ he fucking lit it up he was amazing mm-hmm. right? that's going yeah. back to john five days that's going back to 2000 and one i'm sure four mm-hmm. or five years later he was just as amazing but we're going back to like nostalgia right this is this is yeah. what i mean like and so it's been decades now of kind of man like the records he put out with tyler bates were fucking great right so he put out some great <laughs> music again but we're talking about live performance and nothing so there isn't really much to promote marilyn manson um, at this stage in our careers, um, although he did always have that spot back in the day. Uh, the news story this week is Judge orders Marilyn Manson to cover nearly $327,000 of Evan Rachel Wood's <laughs> legal costs. And it's one of those stories where you're like, listen, man, they're throwing away the price of a new home <laughs> Wow! in their dispute here. And... Um, like, like I don't know, like regular folk like myself or you, um, Jesus, dude, like, <laughs> wow, what do you say to this, dude? You're you're paying lawyers three hundred twenty seven thousand dollars because you're fighting with your ex about yeah. some shit that Wait, you like, so- just own it and and move on. But like, I, I I don't know the situation or if she's lying. Like, I guess you got to fight, but that's the that's the price that we're at now. We're, we're like almost to half a million dollars in legal fees, dude. I mean, yeah. What the but fuck so, is wrong with 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 things right now? <laughs> I so I'm a little bit lost because I yeah, knew that they were going at each other. Yeah, I, I I knew that they were going at each at each other. So who who won? I don't know if anybody won. I know that uh, Evan Rachel would put out an HBO um, documentary kind of blasting him. And sure. Some, but here's the thing is I will never partake in negative energy, negative documentaries. Like, that's a personal matter. Yeah. And I do think she should go to court if she was wrong and all that stuff. But, like, to be like, let me expose somebody in that manner or whatever, I not yeah. going to happen, you know. I'm not going to watch documentaries on, uh, you know, Michael Jackson or... I'm not going to watch Woody Allen or R. Kelly. All these guys that are bad dudes. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. Interest. Like, I'm not going to partake in hate culture and hate society. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah. And, and you need to handle that on your business. It's personal fucking shit. Right? So when yeah. I see this stuff, I it does upset me on a large level that lawyers are fucking winning the battle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Like if Evan Rachel Wood or Marilyn Manson Woods, lawyers have found that's true. a way. The lawyers, <laughs> lawyers, yeah, that's uh, that's the way to go. Why aren't we lawyers? To go back and forth in a fucking courtroom, right? Yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and virtually make half a million dollars 
over an argument between exes, right? And um, if it's criminal, which it might be, and I'm not taking a side, it's not the point. I'm talking about the price tag that has occurred with this nonsense um, that is for the public to consume at this point. Um, if it's criminal, then, yeah, I want the dude to go to jail. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How the fuck have we as a society accepted the fact that 327,000 is what arguments are ca- coming out to nowadays? That's how much they cost now. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the, I'm just, I just sat there. I'm like, oh, man. Like, have we completely just given in? To like lawyers that are fucking weasels, man. Like, get the fuck. Yeah. I mean, what? What, what can they possibly? How many hours could they possibly have racked up right? in this case to charge that fucking amount of money? How much are they hourly? Ten thousand dollars? Like, I got to know it, what the fuck. It is has this? to be something like that. I I just just something fucking crazy. Not taking who's right or wrong in account. Fuck that. (laughs) All I know is I should have been a lawyer. Fuck that. Three hundred I would have been making bank. Oh my god. Well, I mean I mean, yeah, selling your soul to an argument and just taking from people that that Hey, you know what? I would get freaking you know how much how much is this how much is he paying? Uh dude, three hundred twenty seven. I would make, be making 300K. 100, 100, yeah, right. 100, $300,700. <laughs> it's all um, my soul. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a house. It's it's pretty much buying someone a house yeah. in legal fees between these two yeah. over, over whatever. Like like I said, it's a defamation case. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to read into the details. It's someone else's private business. I will not report that shit. I'm just reporting the number, yeah. right? And... Um, when you think about things that people keep bringing up, cancel culture and things like that, like mm-hmm. it's just something that someone is capitalizing on a big time, right? And this is the proof. Like Marilyn Manson, you're 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 an asshole. We know it. You're crooked. You've done horrible things. You got to do your time. But Jesus Christ, this back and <laughs> forth the lawyers. These lawyers are laughing their asses off. So, um, oh yeah, but at least they're, they got they they made money. So. <sighs> I don't think there's a win-win in any of this. No matter what, Manson, uh, his he's he's you know lived his life and he's gonna pay his price. Evan Rachel Wood is uh, fighting uh, tooth and nail, uh, but uh, she chose yeah. lawyers that are absolute crooks, you know, to help her win that fight. And uh, it's all ugly, man. It's when things get to ugly on every single scale that mm-hmm. I feel. Um, it's just a helpless feeling to be like, Jesus, man. Like, if someone wrongs me on this level, if someone wrongs you, Sylvia, mm-hmm. we're fucked. We just got to take it. <laughs> we can't pay. Yeah, I mean, we can't fee. do anything. We can't do shit. <sighs> so, anyways, frustrating to say the least. Uh, next story. It's a shit ton of money. Yeah. I, it makes me feel like if I'm victimized, I'm f- I can't I I don't I can't find a lawyer. It's, it's, you are. It's depra- you are. I'm fucked. I'm depressed. Hey, you are. hey! If someone with money <laughs> decides to completely do something illegal to me, I can't I can't compete. I gotta take it and move on. End of story. Yep. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm risking everything I own. It's fucking garbage. Fuck those lawyers. Fuck Marilyn Manson. Fuck. 
I'm not gonna say anything about there you Rachel go. Wood, but I don't know. If, I don't. I don't agree with Aaron Rachel Wood to make a documentary about it. I, I I do stand by that. I feel like, again, we don't need to contribute to hate culture. We don't. Like there's, we need to contribute to love and positivity. We don't need to contribute to personal matters in a hateful way, um, and publicize it and profit off of it because that's what mm-hmm. it seems like from from a, a certain angle. So, anyways, moving on. I guess another uh, sad story here. Um, we got a little story. We get we we have a we have a Jesse Jane story. Jesse Jane passed away. She's an adult film star, cover girl for Dreadful's <laughs> uh, desensitized album. And um, I don't know. Like I, I, you know, I was never into the adult industry per se. Um, uh-huh. Getting into this game, I interviewed a lot of adult film stars with co-host Brandon you know um, because uh-huh. he, he did that for a show but there was a story where him and uh, another uh, on-air DJ with you at Comp 92.3 out here in Las Vegas yeah. stuff. they they jumped out of an airplane with Jesse Jane uh, and I don't remember why but it was a charity event right and Ron Jeremy was there uh-huh. he was too like whatever he couldn't jump out of the plane so, so Dennis Huff Brandon Hahn, co-host on the show, and Jesse Jane and some other adult film stars jumped out of an airplane for a great event, right? And uh, yeah. I just remember Brandon and Dennis talking about it and it being this moment of like, holy shit, Jesse Jane's going to be there. <laughs> you know, like there's just yeah. this moment of, oh, yeah, she's going to jump out of a plane for charity and, you know, things like that. Yeah. And so, you know, not having a, a big history or knowledge of, um, what she did. I do know her office's drowning pool cover, and I do know who she is. I mean, I've seen pictures of her all over the place. I mean, she's she's mm-hmm. definitely somebody growing up like a Jenna Jameson type that was just everywhere, and um, you know, beautiful, beautiful human being, uh, or or you know, physical human being. I don't know her personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say anything, yeah, you know, like that. But um, and it's just really sad. She passed away at forty three years old. Don't know the details. Uh, sounds oh, so young. Sound, sound, yeah, I'm forty three. Sounds drug related. Yeah. Couldn't believe, uh, couldn't imagine uh, that. So we do want to send a shout out. I'm sure Brian and Will and and Dennis of the, their time jumping out of an airplane with her, <laughs> which was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, it just goes back to we got to pay attention. There's 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 a point where people are in pain, people are addicts, and I don't know. They got to help themselves 100. percent You can't do nothing about it. Um, but uh, you gotta hope that uh, hope there's a way or a conversation that can turn them around. And don't know the details on what happened with her, but you know mm-hmm. we're, we're talking off mic about someone had a similar thing out here in Las Vegas. I'm not gonna put a light on that, but um, yeah, man, everybody out there, man, if you guys got those addictions or issues and have that feeling that you have to find something to take away the pain, or you've fallen into being a slave to a bottle slave to a plant if you're smoking weed every day slave to something else um there's so many people out here in the world that see your worth and want you to know that and hope you can see it for yourselves um so you don't Mm -hmm. have the tragedy at uh such a young age so um r.i.p to jesse jane and um yeah everybody out there that's struggling with it you know, you are loved. 
And if you don't feel it right now, someone out there will show it to you. You just got to beat those demons and give them a chance. So with Mm -hmm. that, let's jump into our interview, guys. The reason we are here, Haken is coming to North America, guys, to celebrate Fauna. And we are here to celebrate it with them, guys. It is time for our interview with Ross Jennings and Peter Jones of Haken. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Ross and Peter from Haken. Uh, We are here to celebrate the North American tour. You're coming out here February 10th all the way to March 6th, guys. Um, We're super excited out here in North America. Let's talk about the tour real quick. I'll start with you, Ross. You guys are going to be playing Fauna all the way in its entirety on this tour. Um, was a lot, tell us about kind of the decision to do that. And, uh, if there's something that's going to be really special for you guys, considering the feedback from all the best of lists last year. Well, Fauna is our latest record. We're really proud of it. And we wanted to do it justice by performing the whole thing live. Um, there's so many great tracks on that record that lend itself, uh, to the live environment. So, uh, we're, we're pumped to see how that goes down and we've already road tested much of it and um it's really special music to to perform so we can't wait to do it again in full yeah it's it's gonna be excited i'm always super happy to get the the newest material live because that's that's the connection i say it's the end of the movie all the time i i know the record i learn it and when i see the songs live it's like we've completed a cycle together fans and band yeah. uh and uh peter i do want to touch base on that because this was your return to the fold uh when the press was happening a lot of it was you know obviously you being in the band and the growth as a musician and how much you assisted uh to kind of mold if i may use that word uh this record into uh an exciting light for everybody including the guys in the band uh tell us about how that how that role was for you stepping in and how organic it became writing these songs yeah i mean i think the whole thing was was really organic um and i you know i think part of what what fauna came out to be was part of me rejoining part of it i think was the time of what was happening in the world and everyone's life and just that time in the band and uh obviously i sort of brought some influences um and 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 some new ideas but i think more than that we all just got together and we sort of experimented um and that's that sort of sense of real creative freedom led to a fauna being the sort of diverse tapestry that it is but for sure there were a couple of new directions that that we wanted to take but i think also some old directions it was almost a bit of a jump back to some of the feeling in haken when i was in the band back in 2006 to 2008 there was a some of that sort of more um sort of the shackles are off like old sounding prog stuff um a bit more quirky in places uh but then also some more sort of like modern influences so i think it was really a, a full circle for all of us and we just wanted to have a lot of fun with that um and uh as i say i mean it was a an extremely sort of like collaborative piece really ross wasn't it it was really the whole band together for that yeah a friend of mine told me when the album came out felt like a greatest hits package without yeah. any hits <laughs> but it was like it like you said it represented stuff we've done before sort of the current heavier aspect of our sound and there's some ideas that you brought to the fold which were sort of nod towards the future so yeah it's really 
really yeah. what it is. It's beautiful. It's a resurgence. <clears throat> it's it's great. And I just to stick with this, Peter, uh, you did release a keyboard guide for the entire record. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that and kind of uh, yeah. <laughs> how that was put together and came together uh, for you. Yeah, I mean that was really. Um, that was something which I initially, as soon as we made the album, I started to think I was like, there's not that many keyboard guides in the progressive metal world. Um, and I remember when I was 13 or 14 and uh, Jordan Rudess first dropped the sort of like Dream Theater, the first ever keyboard anthology. And for me as a kind of like budding, uh, aspiring keyboardist at the time, that was that was groundbreaking. I was so excited. Um, and I thought it was a shame that not many of those things exist. And I know that there haven't been any formal um, transcriptions for the keyboard parts previously with Haken. So after this album, I thought I should really make one. But I very quickly thought this is going to be a nightmare because um, so much of my stuff is, you know, there's some playing in there, there's some production in there, there's some sound design and audio editing. So I was like, I'm not quite sure how to do this. But uh, I kind of gave it a bit of a push in between tours and my other job at some point over the last few months. And I was like, I'm going to get this done. Um, and I kind of slammed it out. Um, and I'm pretty happy with the results. And I think it's it's mostly focused on all the sort of playing parts. Um, but I also give some information about where I've done some weird sound stuff uh, for the more sort of interested reader. Um, so it's been great to get that out. And it's had some good reception. And I'm just very happy. And I think it's something which I'll try to do on any any other like future records as well. Um, so I think that has been a first for the band. And it's been great for me. Yeah nice yeah and fans if you don't know make sure you guys are checking out the keyboard guide it is something that i like for me when i was doing research it was rare i'm so used to guitar tabs you know things like that but the keyboard guide is something that i did want to talk about and promote um which is really cool so uh you brought up dream theater um ross i know you played with portnoy uh and you guys did some dream theater songs uh a little bit ago uh together in a project but when he rejoined the band did you see that coming or was that complete shock for you as well no one saw that coming. No one saw that coming. It's great news. Great news. Um, I, I personally loved the Mangini era too. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is Portnoy's band. He's back where he belongs. So it's, uh, for full fans out there, it's great. It's a, a great new chapter. Absolutely. Ahead. Did you ever see yeah. uh, Dream Theater with Portnoy in the past, out of curiosity? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty good. of times. Good, good, good. Yeah. Me, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I've seen Mangini too. It's, it's very, it's... I. Uh, again, I'm I'm just such a fan, so it's almost like, uh, but it, it, exactly, it's Portnoy's band. Didn't see it coming, and uh, the excitement of what's coming and the anticipation is always nice. Uh, and I'm more excited about live. I don't know why, just something about the memories of watching them do that Dream Theater yeah, stuff. There was there that. was always a great there was always a great energy at their shows. With Portnoy at the helm. So yep. yeah, and, and, and speaking of energy, uh, the reason I'm I'm kind of bringing up the Dream Theater thing was because uh, one of my favorite live records was live at Budokan. You guys are going to play Japan for the first time. Uh, Ross, yeah. is that correct? Uh, and tell us about the journey to get there and how that all came together. Yeah, it's a market we've never cracked, believe it or not. And so to be invited now, finally, for the first time after, what, 12, 13 years of doing this? Um, is long. wow, yeah, it's been it's, ab years. it's about time, let's yeah. say. <laughs> but we're, we're excited to go. I've never even gone to Japan as a you know, a traveler, as, as a someone to exploring. So, just to enter, put foot on the soils of Japan is going to be a thrill in its in and of itself. Um, but we're excited to see how our music goes down well there, and um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll see. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be beautiful. It is after the North American tour, everybody, which we're talking about right here, February yep. 10th to March 6th. You guys need to pick up tickets. Make sure you're getting there. Now, VIP packages are available, uh, and there are some stuff that come with that. Uh, hey, Peter, can you tell us a little bit about that package and what the fans can get um, if they get those VIP deals out here in North America? Now I feel like I'm being tested because I have to remember this. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think because obviously we were out in the US uh, last year and, and we did something similar, but we come, we're coming back with a much bigger show um, and we wanted to offer the VIP again and we sort of wanted to expand that a bit uh, to, to throw a, a, a few more things in there. So I, I'm pretty sure there's the usual, there's a meet and greet element. You get to come and meet us, have a chat, get a photo with the band. We, we sign a few items. Uh, you get a few sort of extra items thrown in for free uh, from us um and you also i believe get to come early and watch soundcheck mm -hmm. uh which is the main sort of like new thing that we've added um and which we flip-flopped on and we're like do people want to see that and they were like i reckon they probably do want to see it uh, so we decided to offer it to people um so that's that's sort of the main brand new addition to the vip so as i say overall you, you get to uh, watch soundcheck chat to us get some photos get some things signed um and get a few extra items from us on the house so it it should be great and we love meeting you guys so getting to know our fans to see the see who's listening <laughs> and uh it's always great fun to absolutely yeah. I, mean, I like some of the shows last year when there were really really big vips and some of our crew were a bit like oh this is you know going to be quite big but we're like we we just like lap that up i think it's it's great if there's 30 or 40 people there and and they all want to chat and it can take an hour, two hours, but I mean, it's it's just great. It's a good part of the job, so we don't complain at all. Yeah, I think the I think those packages and and how they've come into the fold have been fantastic. Uh, I, I as a fan have met idols, you know, and just got even like two minutes or a picture. It it means the world, uh, as you guys you guys know and all that stuff. So I, I think it's a fantastic thing, especially when you're coming from you know where you are to North America. Uh, because it seems like things are getting a little bit tighter for some bands to make make these trips. So these are very event-driven to me. I call them events for our, our fan base out here. So fans, make sure you are picking up tickets February 10th to March 6th, and make sure you guys are looking at the VIP packages. There's some awesome stuff. Now, the album was inspired. Uh, Ross, I'm going to go to you on this one. Uh, on animals and kind of the animal spirit per the song is a lot of the stuff that I heard. Which member of the band leaves the most animals behind when they go to a tour like North America? leaves animals behind yeah. we we picked we picked up a cat on a kitten <laughs> on the last tour oh, um so you could you could argue that all of us are you know complicit in this <laughs> um yeah we, we uh I, I actually wasn't there on the discovery but um oh well you you were pete right yeah it was yeah, me yeah, tell, um, tell the story it was me rich and connor <laughs> uh, i think yeah. we were in we were, we were somewhere in florida i can't find my yeah. way now um, and we had a day off and we were just coming back from a, a, a pub after a few whiskeys and we heard this tiny little squeaking sound um, by the roads and it took us about five minutes to locate it and there was a, a tiny little um, cat in the storm drain um, and it was it must have been a few weeks old and it was it was all by itself and um, and we assume it had been just dropped there um, so after about 10 minutes trying to get it out we took it back to the bus and we sort of tried to put it to safety but it wasn't having it it just wanted to stay with us so it came on the tour bus for about a week um until we found it at home with our front house engineer and now he lives happy there and we get updates from him every mm -hmm. uh every few months so uh yeah he named the kitten haken right he did name it haken yes i was not naming it but he did name it haken after us 
<laughs> that is a beautiful story. I didn't see that coming. Sometimes questions get good good answers. <laughs> really? yeah. that's, a, that's a great answer right there. So there was it was in a storm drain. My heart sinks. Uh, yeah, it was, it was about this big. Oh, wow. so it, poor little thing abandoned. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. gonna make it. You guys, it wasn't gonna make it. No, not a chance. Haken saved Haken. Yeah, <laughs> so, so much we can play there. Uh, that that just makes it more so. The chance of a, a similar story happening this time around North America. You, do you guys now look for uh, anything? I'm a little I'm more reliant. Yeah, I'm only coming to hope that we find animals because I love animals. So uh, I'm 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 expecting us to adopt something on week one. Yeah. <laughs> so while it was on the tour for a week, like you were talking about, um, who connected the most? Uh, who, was it difficult to, I guess, pass it a uh, pass pass a uh, little Haken over to someone permanently? Like, did anybody connect with it? Like, man, because you can't take them back home, right? It was it was really funny. Like you could tell everybody was in a bit more of a hurry to get back on the tour bus after shows. Um, <laughs> like, everyone was like, yeah, yeah, that was a great show, and then you're just like, where is? Oh, well, like, where's Connor? And everyone's already back on the bus being like, hi, Haken. Uh, <laughs> everyone loved it, even our crew. Uh, I mean, they uh, it just added such a great energy to the bus. Um, and especially after a day or two when the cat really sort of settled in and was clearly doing much better. It was just amazing. So I feel like that should be um, a non-negotiable on every every single tour bus in future saving animals i agree i love this especially because yeah yeah now i don't i don't know this for a fact but have you guys shared this on social media and pictures of of haken and all that stuff so fans are all know this story yeah yeah i think at the time we shared a photo of us all with the cat on the last day with him oh nice um, nice yeah. beautiful man that's the thing and so touring and i'll go to uh you on this one ross real quick Torian, a lot mm -hmm. of times, what are the your guys' favorite band activities? Because we can, you know, when we're traveling, stuff like that, kind of get in our own echo chambers with our own phones, things like that. But yeah. do you guys have, like, band activities that you think are, are necessary for just, like, you know, building, uh, team building, if I may, if that's a phrase? Yeah, I mean, our schedules are pretty relentless. Um, sometimes it is nice for actually individual members to get away from each other for a bit as well. Um, generally, we like to hang out and eat at nice restaurants, and uh, a few of us will actually go to the gym together and work out and keep fit, you know. Um, I personally like to head off and go to record stores and things like that. So it's just, um, yeah, there's a bit of team building and, you know, keeping it sociable, and there's also giving each other space as well. It's a bit of a mixed uh, vibe, I think, really. I think Ross has forgotten a key activity which we all jump oh. on. If there's a hot tub or a sauna, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. immediately yeah. and get the camera out for it. I um, don't find too many of these in in North America, to be honest. Um, there needs to be more. This is more of a European pastime. Yeah, um, but sometimes yeah. at the hotel as well. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We have these things <laughs> called hot springs, and they're just uh, right. west. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever been where it's just like the natural hot water that comes from the ground and almost like this kind of like a uh strange like environment to it where meaning like like there's a story behind while the water gets there um and uh if you guys can run into those 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 places are crazy cool like but there's very few i only know of one on the west coast where i'm at and uh, we used to go there all the time as a kid but oh, uh, look into it yeah hot springs yeah, guys it's fun uh <laughs> but but uh the so we are here to celebrate like i said fauna and uh, when it hits a lot of the best of lists, and I'll go to you, Peter, on this one, 
uh, on the year. No, bands, I know, don't expect that to happen. But when they see that, do you guys see this big resurgence uh, of the songs and, and, and of that album specifically where it almost feels like it's re-released to the world when you hear the press kind of celebrate it later on? I think it's really hard to know because it's, I, I think, sort of trying to actually gauge sort of um, how well your music is doing. It seems to be an increasingly dark art because you, you so I guess, I guess you're, you're trying to judge it by some arbitrary metric and that's not always going to take something into account. And then you look at other metrics. So I think like in terms of how it's being received and then if that's gone up and that and that's gone down again, it is really hard for us to judge. I think we obviously keep an eye on what's the overall response been. And when we see things like those initial reviews before the album came out and then at the end of 2023, a lot of definitely some resurgence of interest in the sense that it's hitting all these lists. That's that's great for us to see. And I think we, we really like that. But um, well, I think we don't try to overanalyze it any more than that because it's, it's kind of really hard to make any firm conclusions from that. I think obviously we're sort of like making the art for ourselves and we're like, okay, it's great to see that that is obviously hitting people the way that we wanted to. Um, and then we sort of get back to our main focus. I guess otherwise it can be quite tricky if we're, we start trying to chase those reactions. But uh, it, it was nice to see it's, as you say, I think these days in the industry, stuff stops getting talked about so quickly after release. Um, and so even a few months after, you're like, it's kind of old news because everyone's hearing the next album to come out. So you wind forward nine months, and it, it it was nice to see Fauna's artwork being plastered everywhere again, all over the internet. Uh, that certainly was a good feeling. Yeah, I, and I I think that it's it's like you said, it's very important to to revisit and all those things. And and for me, it takes a lot of time for an album to become something that's connected with generation upon generation. A, a record that I, you know, uh, obviously huge for you guys and everything like that is the Mountain. It's got its ten year anniversary this year. Um, I'll go to you on this one, Ross. Um, do you guys ever think of anniversary albums and are, is there anything that you're preparing maybe to celebrate that milestone? Because that record was such a like big one for fans, but also I think for you guys in the, in the scheme of things. Yeah. Well, last year we touched on it a little bit and we reintroduced some tracks we hadn't played in a long time mm -hmm. from the mountain. Um, we didn't do any, any official mountain show per se, uh, nor did we do a sort of special edition or anything like that. But, um, um, I think that's something we'll look to do in, you know, future anniversaries, maybe. I think that's cool. But, um, yeah, we're just happy to keep rolling and looking forward, to be honest. We want to move on to the next thing rather than keep looking back. Um, I'm I'm excited to get on with the next record, for example. You know, I'm, I don't want to be digging up too much of the old stuff um, and celebrating that yet. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you guys are a young band. When you but, said 13 years, yeah. I was like, wow, it has been 13 years. I still feel like it's, yeah. you know... Time does fly, as you guys know. <laughs> so but we're obviously super proud of it, and yeah. we know the fans yeah. have their favorite albums, and it's it's really cool. So you're sort of bringing it back to the next tour. We're going to be playing a lot of tracks from all our discography, so um, we're excited to be you know putting on this mammoth show um, for you guys. Cool. <laughs> beautiful beautiful now um when you when you do uh, just out of curiosity to go back to the show that we uh or you will be doing in japan for the first time um do you plan on having a different or special set list or is that a harder conversation than what you're bringing to north america because it's the first time playing there and there is so many albums that you have in the past at this point we've not really discussed set lists for that show yet um yeah. we're still working out logistics and travel 
Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, it's not really been a point of discussion. Nice. Um, nice. I don't I don't think it will be um, marketed as an evening with, but we'll certainly give Japan, you know, a, a, a range of different <laughs> songs from all all our discography. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so uh, going back to the North American tour, just so everybody knows, guys, make sure you are picking up tickets February 10th to March 6th, playing Fauna in its entirety. You guys, if you haven't, learn every song because you're going to get to see them all live and, 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 and in person and sing those songs loud. It's going to be an event, a special night. Make sure you guys are checking out the VIP greets if you guys can budget that and get that in there because it's going to be a really great, great time for all of us fans out here so i'm um, going back to like the, the the band team building do you remember i'll go with you on this one peter uh the last movie that you guys saw all together in the theater oh i i don't know if <laughs> we actually split I, in two right <laughs> I do. <laughs> no because that was i think the year before we definitely uh, on this year i don't know if everyone was there but some of us went to see the dungeons and dragons movie but it was in it was in somewhere in like New Hampshire, and it was one of these cinemas which most of us hadn't heard of. I don't know if they're quite common in the US, but it kind of looked like a conference room, and they served us food, and there was just like a, a screen. Um, some of the bands were there, but Ross, I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of when we saw everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, yeah which was uh, which most of us saw, but two people went and saw Jurassic World 7 or now. <laughs> <laughs> So that, there you go. That, that almost that was the best picture winner out here, and everybody's like, "We're going to Jurassic World." <laughs> so, yeah. But anyways, I mean, it's it's uh that it, seeing movies I think was was always a special time touring when it's like everybody got together, and then obviously cooking. It, who is the band if if you're gonna do some some cooking outside uh, of a venue for everybody in the band? Who's who's the chef that you guys prefer? I'll I'll start with you on this, Ross, in the band. Well, I'll, I'll go with in in our band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say like Ray and Pete, you're both foodies, really, aren't you? Like, um, I'd, I'd eat your meals any day. <laughs> but I can't say we've done that kind of thing. I, last memory I had was hanging out with Symphony X, and they cooked for us. They were doing um, barbecues. That, yeah. that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I was, yeah. they weren't that impressed with our selection because half of us in the band don't eat meat, and uh, they they weren't That's so true. <laughs> but they did sort of like cater for us anyway. But yeah, we don't often cook for each other on tours. I guess there isn't really the facilities. You're usually having to just buy out uh, yeah. just at a restaurant. Occasionally you get fed in house. But if I think back to the last time we were actually cooking for each other, it was the Fauna writing session um, early 2022, I guess, um, yeah. when we were in, in a nice big Airbnb down in Surrey. And uh, we were there for a week and, you know, it was just us out in the sort of like countryside in a big house. And we all just cooked for each other every day. And we did a nice rotation and um, it was very wholesome. And yeah. uh, the result was fauna. So <laughs> clearly we ate well. <laughs> See, that that is cool. That is cool. So, uh, and I'm not going to ask who, who was the, the laziest cook in the band, but uh, who, who was the most creative, like just took a chance on the meal? And you guys were like, all right, all right, all right. Uh, this is a good chance. Do you guys remember? Or was it kind of always like pretty pretty similar? I, I actually can't remember, but I just feel like Connor, <laughs> for some reason, I feel like Connor would just throw some sort of like curveball in there when he cooks. I don't remember what anyone cooks. I don't even remember what I cooked. But um, 
I, he didn't poison it, so it was okay. Nice, nice. So we did talk a little bit about, Ross, how you're antsy to kind of get back in the studio and, and do some songwriting and all that stuff. Do you guys ever write on the road, um, or is that something you always just keep ideas with until you guys get into a room or a writing space mentality? Yeah, we've been known to write on the road. Much of the Virus album was written mm. the, on a tour bus. Um we we tend to like work individually first, come up with our own sort of ideas, and then sort of regroup and start sharing things and put things together. Um, I think we have an, the intention to start working on things on this tour. We'll see how things go <laughs> with uh, the schedule and everything, and but how tired we all are. But uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I think we have a couple of ideas floating around. Maybe yeah. um, that that be interested to see if we can start working on those. Nice, nice. Um, and a lot of bands are now looking at kind of, uh, and I don't know if it works exactly for our genre, but single releases and uh, maybe short EPs instead of the full lengths every single time. Uh, Peter, what is your thoughts on that kind of uh, format for the music that you guys create? Yeah, I think it's something which we keep talking about a lot, like not really with any clear end goal in mind, but just sort of having like an armchair discussion about, you know, the music industry these days and and how you release music um and i guess you know so, some of the points there that have been floated is a sense that there isn't really a need to always commit to every release that you do being a full album lp um and a release can serve its purpose and maybe it's two songs maybe it's five songs maybe it's a whole album or maybe it's a whole album that isn't released in the sort of somewhat nowadays quite conventional way where you have two or three singles and then the whole album comes out so I think like in a sense, the gloves are off at the moment. It it seems to me and a bunch of us in the industry about what you can do with releasing, especially with so much of that being online now. Um, so I think this is something that we are entertaining. We certainly haven't got we're certainly not down on one side of that argument. And we don't and we certainly don't really know yet what the next step is. But as Ross said, we a few of us have, have got, you know, a few a few song sketches going. We've got a few ideas for new music we don't really know what that new music is yet is that an album is that something shorter but we are hoping to start thinking about that soon um we might have started thinking about it sooner but uh last year was nearly entirely on the road it felt <laughs> like so <laughs> there just wasn't space um but i think we've all had a bit of breathing room after since we were yeah. in um latin america a few months ago and uh sort of ready to start thinking about the next chapter of that so yeah i guess that's yeah, the the landscape is changing in the way we consume music, like you said, and um, it is fascinating observing some other artists and how they've become viral on TikTok, for example, and then just blown up in popularity pretty much overnight um, in some cases. And then and then you see the other side where uh, a band might release a single and then it's kind of lost, it's forgotten, and it's, it's, it's a very hard one to navigate. And um, and we we released Nightingale way ahead of Fauna, and actually that was quite successful. But um, still, there was a, a large section of our fan base who were like, "Well, I'm going to wait for the album before I listen to this." <laughs> uh, and that kind of mentality is still apparent in uh, with a lot of people. So yeah, it's it's very difficult. Um, but I'm we're, we're open. We're progressive thinkers and we're open to try new things and um yeah we'll, we'll certainly be having that discussion in more detail i imagine absolutely have you guys ever released anything without a physical uh copy being released at a later date or anything like that uh in the past 
I think so. I think Nightingale was the only example, and then yeah, and then it, that it, was always intended to be on the record, but um, yeah. that was a whole year basically as yeah. a digital thing. Yeah, I I always wonder because the physical uh, copy thing, I am I, I and I'm guilty of it of like, okay, I'm going to pre-order the record. Let me just wait till I get it in my hands because you know it's the whole journey with a lot of bands. Uh, then uh, I I will usually listen to the songs obviously in advance a little bit, but I don't get super excited until I get the album. Um, and uh, so. But I also realize that I am an old way of thinking. <laughs> so, so like you, you, you know, sometimes you got to come to terms with like just because the way I consume it in my little echo chamber is not the way things are me- moving. But um, it's definitely something that's going to be interesting to navigate, and I, I do want to make a push myself as a listener to focus on singles as meaningful as albums. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but it does take a little bit of a brain like re uh you know just relearning do you got you feel that as well as as fans yeah i'm 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 with you yeah really i i'm a big advocate for the physical product um and i'm a sucker for that so i'm not really the best person to be talking (laughs) about (laughs) this but yeah (laughs) like you said a bit of a reset in how we um consume things i think yeah needed I think, as you were sort of hinting at, it, it's quite genre-specific. So I think I've had more experience with that because there was, a, you know, for a large portion of the last eight to ten years, I listened to um, a lot more electronic music than, like, rock and metal. And the whole, like, release system there is very different. There are, you know, so many artists who get massive and they never even make an album. Um, they're just constantly drip-feeding singles or EPs. A lot of that never hits a physical record either. Um, so I think I got very used to that way of like releasing music, and I guess that's made me certainly more open to that. But I think um, it's it's something which can fluctuate, right? So I think it is never about this is now how people do it. That's what we should do because as, as soon as you try to jump on that, it's already too late. I think it's more we are interested to maybe experiment with. Not every release has to be done in the same way, um, and it's not about sort of going all from one to the other. Um, it's just something a conversation that we're having. But who knows what we'll actually do Absolutely. after that. Time to tell. Absolutely. I don't think you can go wrong from a fan's perspective. Uh, something new by uh, Haken. We are coming to it, however it's going to be delivered. So you guys just keep doing what you're doing. But right now, uh, I got to tell them one more time. North American fans, make sure February 10th to March 6th, you guys are picking up tickets, looking at the VIP package, learning fauna in its entirety. It's going to be a fantastic experience for all of us, guys. So please make sure you guys are not sleeping on that. With that, i uh, been a big fan for a long time, so I truly appreciate you both. Ross, Peter, thank you so much for calling in here to the Metal Sucks podcast. Appreciate you having us. Thank you. Still miss a 
justice arriving after all When characters and places start to fall A sullen emperor endures his requiem
the Metal Sucks Podcast. It's time to wake up and die or regenerate. You're never gonna retire your power games, power games, no. Slipped on the scene of the crime like a rattlesnake. From all this deafening silence, I walk away, walk away, walk away, oh. Oh 
instant our connection Perfected then lost song you heard off of fauna it's been out a minute you hope you guys have been listening to it. it's fucking fantastic these songs are gonna s- live live it's gonna be amazing first song you heard is nightingale second <laughs> song the alphabet of me from haken of course guys north american fans make sure you are looking and picking up tickets that tour is starting in february make sure you guys are going it's gonna be a fantastic time budget 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 to make sure you're getting a shirt taking care of these dudes they're coming from across the pond it's not like it was before we got to make sure we're budgeting picking up merch taking care of not missing a fucking show on this tour we can do it north america let's let's show them what's up um and with that i want to thank everybody out there thank you so much for the five-star reviews on the good old apple itunes we appreciate all you guys um we do this show weekly we haven't missed a week and god seven eight years we, we we're gonna keep making these interviews happen and getting these episodes out to you guys because we love this scene wow. and we are all about uh spreading the music positivity and all that stuff so make sure you guys go over to apple itunes give us the five-star review if you got a chance we really appreciate it we we want to get to 300 if possible this year uh it's it's a tall order but we think we can do it we're close we're at like 280 yeah, sure. we're 280 something i think we need like 20 more reviews you know but uh yeah, yeah we we love it so if you guys can please take the time to do that uh and of course support another podcast rise to offend it's an archive podcast documented discussion you got me you got sylvia you got brandon you got jocelyn you got the same team um we do a mm-hmm. whole documentary discussion thing it's a fantastic uh podcast put a lot of effort into that so if you guys haven't checked it out we've done metal figures we've done a lot of other stuff too as well so with that make sure you guys are checking it out and uh we love you all stay strong stay safe if you need help out there reach out People love you. Yep. I promise. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.